Welcome to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and my goal for this podcast is to help you better apply your Christian faith so you are able to live in the spiritual authority Christ died to give us and to make us all a force for Christ on this earth. I'm sure you agree the year 2020 has been highly abnormal for all of us, and it's not just here in America, but worldwide. The COVID-19 pandemic was unleashed on the world, and at this point, with the subsequent chaos and destruction of Antifa and Black Lives Matter, it's as though legions of demons have been released to wreak havoc on the world. In addition to the exceedingly political strife and the fear-mongering mainstream media continues to spew, such as I've never seen in my lifetime, we have some influential Christian leaders preaching doom and gloom. First, I want to encourage you to be wise about the voices you choose to listen to. The enemy is loud and very small. God is a still small voice and is all-powerful. The enemy knows he is a defeated foe, and he stated an all-out effort to weaken the faith of God's people. Don't let your faith be infiltrated by the lies and fear and predictions of doom and gloom. That is not God's plan for America and the world at this time. This is the year of justice, according to God's revealed rhema word. Of course the enemy is fighting back hard. He is being revealed. Every place of corruption that has been operating for years and even decades is being exposed. We've already seen some of the corruption revealed, but believe me, there's going to be much more and people will be beyond shocked, but it all paves the way for revival and reformation. Remember, your thoughts, prayers, and words carry power. If we are not for God, we are against Him. Guard your heart and your mind and saturate yourself with the truth of God's Word. Be very wise about the news media and other voices you take in. Consider reading my last two books that evaluate the times we're living in. One is Prepare for the Harvest, Confidence in God's End-Time Promises, and the other is Prepare for the Harvest, God's Challenge to the Church Today. Both were written to help you refocus yourself on the truth of God and His certain Word. Years ago, I heard Patsy Claremont quip, Normal is just a setting on your dryer. And she's absolutely right. I'm of the mind that things are never going to be back to normal or like they once were, and neither should we want that. Understandably, we all want the violence and the destruction and more to stop. But do you really want to go back to the way things were? Corruption is being exposed right now. If we go back to the way things were, we will be living in a state of deception while evil and corruption continues to rise. Do your very best to accept the fact things will never go back to the way they were. And let me explain more why we shouldn't want them to go back to the way they were. First, there is nothing that occurs anywhere that God is not in control. No matter how devastating things become, God is still sovereign and his plan is consistent with his promises of redemption. Think of the great exodus of God's Hebrew people we read about in the Old Testament and how God delivered the entire people from the enslavement by the Egyptians. Through plagues and pestilence and even death of the firstborn son in the homes where the blood of the lamb was not painted on the doorposts, God permitted all sorts of destruction in preparation of his great deliverance of his people through the parted waters of the Red Sea. Talk about miraculous delivery. I believe we're experiencing a miraculous delivery of our own in this very time. 
I believe that what we've been experiencing as we've been sequestered in our homes, not unlike the Hebrews were on the night of the first Passover, is really God working in our behalf. Consider that we actually experienced Passover, which was April 8th through the 16th, 2020, sequestered in our homes in the same manner the Hebrews were so long ago. Could it be said that the time for us since April 16th to this day are similar to the days the Hebrews fled from the Egyptians, escaping through the miraculous parting of the Red Sea, and then began their journey to the Promised Land? Consider that on the other side of the Red Sea, God led his people on the way to the Promised Land, and in the journey, the people grumbled and complained and even stated they wished they were back in Egypt. Isn't this like our fearfully crying out that we wish things were back to normal? The Hebrews, while on the journey with God, who had already demonstrated his power and care, delivering them from the oppressive slavery of the Egyptians, even with the transference of wealth from the Egyptians to the Hebrews, found their journey to the promised land was difficult, and they cried out, wishing they were back in Egypt. Their appetite for food other than manna and quail betrayed their devotion to their God, and because of that, the Lord caused them to wander in the desert until the last of the rebellious Hebrews died off. The Hebrews had seen miracle after miracle clearly at the hand of their God who was delivering them. Even so, they wanted things to go back to normal. They were so focused on their present difficulties, they couldn't look to the future with the hope of God's promises. Recall also how the disciples, every one of them, denied Jesus, whom they had previously and publicly proclaimed to be the long-awaited Messiah or Deliverer. Remember, upon his death, they wanted to be completely unassociated with Jesus. Their concern for their own reputations revealed their self-focused appetites and betrayed their devotion to Jesus, not unlike the Hebrews in Exodus. God has always promised and delivered on his promises to redeem his people from all matter of sin and the destruction sin brings. When any one of us in our present day destruction cry out wanting things to go back to normal, we are cooperating with the lying spirit of the enemy who seeks to prevent us from going the distance and receiving all the promises God has for us. Would the Hebrews of the Old Testament really want to go back to being slaves in Egypt under the exceedingly hard taskmaster of Pharaoh? Would the early disciples really want to be disassociated with Jesus, who put an end to the Old Testament and ushered in the New Testament, which God clearly revealed is a new and better way? Do we today really want to go back in God's timeline instead of entering into this new era that he has brought us to? Think from your renewed mind and not your carnal self. There is no going back, and neither should we want to go back, since the blessings and the reward are both going to be going forward to receive the fulfillment of the promises of God. Anyone who desires to go back in time is like Lot's wife, who looked back at the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and was instantly denied the continuation of her life and the escape and hope for her future. No, what we need to do, especially now, is to become utterly attuned with God's plans and his purposes in this new era on his divine timeline. This and next week's program topic is about demonstrating faith. God is clear that for him, obedience is better than sacrifice. The optimum way we can be demonstrating our faith is to be entirely obedient even when it doesn't feel good.
We need to get cemented deep in our beings the truth of Romans 8.28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. If you are a born-again believer, deliberately focus your mind on the truth of God, his word and his revealed character, his will and his intent. Do not let the enemy whisper fears and doubts into your mind. And should you find you are entertaining thoughts of fears and doubt, take these thoughts captive and replace them with the promises of God. Find the scriptures that really bring you hope and meditate on those instead. The Bible is clear. God is busy creating a new heaven and a new earth even now. What we're experiencing is his eradicating the earth of sin and corruption. The enemy is not about to leave without an all-out epic battle. And like it or not, we are in the midst of it. We're in the midst of every bit of it. We must go through this with God and in cooperation with what he's doing in order to realize the hope for our future. With this properly understood, then, we must intentionally align ourselves up with God and his plans. Remember, if we're not for him, we're against him. If we're not aligned with him and what he's doing at this time, then we are aiding and abetting the enemy of God, even as a Christian. What is happening in the world today is the battle of good and evil. We need to resolutely choose this day whom we will serve and then take up our arms and join in the fight. We should not be surprised at all that's going on. God forewarned us about the end times. Jesus spoke of horrific events that would occur on earth, and he even added that even these occurrences are not the end. They are merely birthing pains. Each and every one of us has a specific place in God's plan, and his plan is to eradicate sin and corruption from our midst. We, each one, must find our place in God's plan and get on with our God-given assignments. The very best cure for fear and doubts is to be aligned with the winning team, right? Okay. So for us to be demonstrating faith in this hour is essential. It's essential for us as individuals and for everyone who belongs to the kingdom of God. Who is the object of our faith? Jesus, who is the second person of the triune Godhead. The object of our faith is none other than the creator of the universe, who has consistently revealed himself to be a good and loving God who happens to be all-powerful. If our faith is waning during these times of duress, it does not diminish God one iota. Instead, it reveals that our faith is faulty. There is some unbelief or doubt or things that we don't properly understand when our faith wavers in God. What is it you don't properly understand? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you your weaknesses. Then work with him to be fortified with proper knowledge and know in the meantime, when you are weak, God is strong. Allow yourself to be transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit so you can take your rightful place in God's plan with all authority and victory. I've shared before with other audiences this very truth, quote, Unless we are living our lives according to our own God-intended purposes, we have no hope of ever experiencing true personal fulfillment, end quote. When we live inconsistent with the way we were created, when we live out of step with God's purpose for our life, we have no hope for the best future we could otherwise have. 
You know, I will never forget the time when my husband and I were both unemployed for what turned out to be four long years. I shared some about it with my first podcast in this series. We lost everything except our furniture, our clothing, and one car, and this was when our children were preschool and kindergarten. At the time, I had the privilege of serving as the teaching director for Community Bible Study, which was entirely volunteer for about 30 weeks out of a year. At that time, we met two days a week. Now, I knew I could help our situation if I were to quit my post with the Bible study and get a job, even though jobs were few and far between in the economy of the early 90s. I remember distinctly praying to God, asking for his direction about what I should do. Should I quit my role to teach the Bible study class and get an income-earning job, even if it was minimum wage? In response to my inquiry of God, he said, Just keep your hands to the plow. (laughs) Then knowing I was not sure I heard him correctly, he repeated, Just keep your hands to the plow. Well, I pictured an old-fashioned iron plow being pulled by a horse while the farmer walked holding onto the handles of the plow. And I replied to God, Lord, my hands are on the plow. The problem is my face is in the mud. Then clear as all get out, I heard again God say, just keep your hands to the plow. Well, it didn't feel good to be an able-bodied person who could find a job and at least help offset our financial situation. And I stewed about this for quite some time. Then one day, when I was mindlessly doing something about our house, the thought occurred to me, things are already bad enough, confident I'm in God's will by teaching the Bible study class. Imagine how difficult they would be if I got out of his will. So I ask you, What is God's will for you in this season? What has been percolating within your spirit and your soul that you could really put your hands to? As you look out at our world today, what has God put within you to do that would align you with his plans of redemption? What are you naturally good at doing? What do you enjoy doing? What is your passion, the one thing you must be involved with because it's deeply fulfilling? Well, this will give you a good clue what God's asking of you at this time. Are you good with kids? Maybe you're being called to teach as a volunteer or even get your credentials to teach in public school. Lord knows we need Christians in the public school system. The indoctrination generations of students have received in recent decades has become fuel for the enemy's plans to destroy. Are you all about justice? Are you hopping angry at the continued revelation of corruption? What education, skills, gifts, and talents do you have to add to the marketplace or law enforcement or even the political realm? We need righteous men and women to raise up today like never before in our lifetime. I know there are groups of Christians who don't believe Christians should be involved in politics This has been a prevalent mindset for several decades, and look at the increase of evil in our government system. Clearly, that mindset has not worked out for any of us except the enemies of God. If you've just happened to come upon this program, I'm Pam Christian, your host of Faith to Live By, and today we're talking about demonstrating faith. Considering our involvement as Christians in politics and government, Jesus' inheritance is the nation's and nations are governed. And when the nations are not governed with righteous men and women in leadership, the enemy will step in. 
With God exposing all the corruption this year, doesn't it make sense he's waking us up to take our rightful place in his plans? Listen, it was God who ordained civil government. There is every reason for Christians to be involved, which is the theme of one of my published articles that I'll make sure to put in the show notes for you. We've had men and women who are not led of God leading and influencing us as a nation and a culture for decades, and look where it's gotten us. I firmly believe God is shaking all that can be shaken to separate the wheat from the tares and establish his people in positions of influence and leadership. Jesus commissioned his disciples, telling them that all authority had been given to him and he imparted it to us, and we are to make disciples of all nations in every position of society. Which of the seven mountains of society are you called to? Government? Religion? Family? Education, business, media, or arts and entertainment. Pray to God and ask Him to reveal your current day assignment. The only way we can experience the best of God's blessings and favor and grace is to be in His will. When we choose to be in God's will, when we choose to be obedient regardless of how it feels at the time, we resolutely take our place in His plan and the blessings and favor are over the top. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure they didn't feel going into the fiery furnace would be good, but they were resolute in their faith. They demonstrated their faith by going into the fire, and it was in the fire where they were redeemed by Jesus. If you don't know the story, please read it. It's in Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. Great encouragement for us when we are in times of fiery trials. Some Christians need to put their big person's pants on and get in the battle. We've got the full armor of God at our disposal. If you want to live a life that's fulfilling, a life that feeds your personal passion, you must find out what you were created to do and then do it. Not only will you be incredibly blessed and able to endure any hardships that come along with your calling, You'll be conducting kingdom business by which others will benefit. And on top of that, simply for doing what you were created to do, you'll be rewarded by God. Demonstrating your faith through obedience brings with it tremendous blessings for you, for others, and it even blesses God. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in. You have a place in God's plan. And to those of us approaching our retirement years, let me say this with the authority of Jesus. For Christians, there is no such thing as retirement, only refirement. Being disengaged, apathetic, indifferent, passive, complacent, and the like is what has allowed the enemy to overtake the very territory Jesus commanded us to occupy until he returns. We are merely reaping what we've sown in these past decades. Please receive these words today with sober consideration. And to quote Lance Wallnow, we need to be soberly aware of the times and optimistically focused on what to do. Listen, as charismatics, we long to see God work supernaturally in and through us. Well, the best way we can position ourselves to see God work through us is to first get ourselves ready, fully aligned with his plans and purposes for our life. Before he can do a work through us, he's got to have our cooperation for him to work in us. Okay, if my words are getting you as fired up as they are getting me fired up, then I want you to accept the challenge. It's not my challenge for you. It's God's challenge. Are you willing to prayerfully learn what your life's purpose is? 
Are you willing to apply yourself to get the training, education, or equipping you'll need to be the best you can be? Are you willing to quit thinking about yourself first and put God and His kingdom plans first place in your life? Do you have any idea how delighted your pastor will be to know that this is your new focus and how he will readily help you get in position to do God's will? Ask your pastor or other Christian leaders in your life for any help you need to get in the fight. And make no mistake, we are in a fight. One of the greatest spiritual battles ever played out worldwide. Some even refer to the times we're living in as World War III. And if you're not fired up, then I politely ask you to get out of the way. Just stay in your little huddle and out of our way. But know this, whoever is not for God is against God. To demonstrate our faith is to reveal whose side we are truly on. There are many good quizzes and evaluations we can take to help us learn of our God-given purpose. One that I like is known as Chazon. I'll place information about that in the show notes, too. If you choose to take this quiz, I want to hear from you. I want you to let me know how it blessed you, how it worked for you, and what new insights you've received as a result. My contact information is always in the show notes, and I love to hear from you. In fact, I really want to hear from you anytime. Let me know if this program is blessing you or if there's a particular topic you want me to cover. Feel free to contact me and know that I'm asking you to contact me. Part two of Demonstrating Faith will be presented next week, where we'll explore how God works through his obedient disciples to demonstrate his authority and power in miraculous ways. I hope you'll make a point of joining me. And again, it seems most appropriate to say, Scriptures state, forever who is not against us is for us. I pray we'll make the courageous decision to be for Jesus and take our righteous stand against evil. This program, Faith to Live By, is a division of Pamela Christian Ministries, LLC, a ministry that offers many different goods and services. There's my multi-award-winning Faith to Live By book series, our travel division, my speaking and teaching ministry, my award-winning blog, and more. I invite you to visit my website, PamelaChristianMinistries.com. I ask you also to support my ministry work by availing of the sponsors listed with the show notes or purchasing any of the books that are highlighted with the show notes as well. While you can always find the show notes listed with the individual podcast, I also list my show notes and bonus items on my website, faithtoliveby.com. On that landing page, there's a link and more information about my sponsors and partners. And instead of asking you to support my ministry by giving directly, I ask you to avail of the goods and services from my sponsors and my partners. This way you benefit with the items that you purchase and the supplier benefits, and I do too. I'm just spreading the love around and making the most of your generous support. So all of us have a win. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help the show reach more people and spread the gospel, and for people to learn how to best apply their Christian faith. Be sure to follow me on Facebook at Faith to Live by TV, on Twitter at plchristian.com, and at LinkedIn at Pamela Christian. If you'd like to be one of my insiders, subscribe to my complimentary bi-monthly e-newsletter. I offer you your choice of a free gift in appreciation for your subscription. And lastly, visit my page for this show at faithtoliveby.com to enjoy all of the podcasts and broadcasts we've produced so far for Faith to Live By. 
I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember, Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.